Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Business Bros. Business Bros! Yeah, you got that a lot more. Mm-hmm. Alright, so today's episode is on back to school. I love when you even do the, uh, the, the gun, you know, when we yeah, do yeah, the Business yeah, Bros yeah. thing. We're like point at each other like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, sorry. Back to school. Back to school. So first of all, uh, I want listeners to know that teachers are just as nervous the first day of school as students. Do you know that? You really think so? Just as nervous? Okay, maybe not just as nervous, but they do get the jitters. I mean, I, I see a lot of teachers and they're like running around. They want to make sure everything, they, they have all their copies made, that they have all their uh, all their uh, icebreakers ready to go, all the seats ready to go. Like, they, there's a lot that they try to prep for to make sure that, you know, the first day, the first week goes smoothly. You know, I imagine it's more stressful and and more high school teachers or or, or uh, teachers of kids you know around that age get a lot more nervous than uh, teachers like college professors or anything like that. Um, and mostly because like you mentioned icebreakers, so yeah. like these are kids whose frontal cord frontal lobes are not fully developed yet, right? So there's like a lot of stuff that they haven't quite figured out and. Like, I imagine you, you guys are, you, you guys have to deal with some stuff. You want to make, I mean, as a teacher, you want to make a first impression, right? I mean, I know some teachers that don't smile the whole first week. Like, that's it. They're don't just going to be the, the hard <laughs> teacher, no smiling. Reminds me of boot camp. Right? Don't smile at them. Lay down the law, right? Right. Then there's other teachers that are like, look, this is a welcoming, nurturing environment. Right, we need to set the tone to have open lines of communication. So math teachers are the first one, and English teachers are the other ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, little dig at the All right. End. Dang, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, it's the tone that you're trying to set for uh, for what's going to happen for the rest of the year. Right. You know, so so they put a lot of you know a lot of anxiety goes into that day one. I guess on all ends. Do you get nervous during that second semester as well? The same type of nervousness? I don't get nervous between the first or the second semester. I'm good. I'm good either way, but... Oh, all right. All yeah. right, cool guy, Mr. Teachers get nervous, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The, when I first started teaching, I would get nervous. But the last, like, few years, like, I, I guess because I've been How teaching long have you the been same teaching? courses. Uh, this would be my sixth year. Sixth year, okay. So now that I got my courses, like, pretty much down, like, I don't really... I guess because my I don't have to prepare as much. So mm-hmm. now when I'm doing things, I'm trying, like, new things out. To make okay. things better. I'm not worried about learning the content and putting things together, lessons, this and that. All I'm doing is trying to make what I already have better. Right. So I think that that takes away from a lot of the nerve nervousness. Um, and then I like actually meeting new kids and stuff. I think it's kind of cool. So some other teachers are like, oh, which ones are going to be the brats? Which ones are going to be the problems? <laughs> right. So I, I can see the anxiety on both sides. Definitely, definitely. And it's really, I think, what something that you said, though, really is true. It's like the ones that have been there for a long time and have that tenure, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that they get less nervous and, like... Yeah, I think they do. I think they do. I think they uh, they know their routines. They know exactly what's going to happen. They know exactly what image they want to put forth for their, for their students. They've been doing it long enough. They've been definitely been doing it long enough. 
So, um, so you know, they're 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 rocking and rolling. They're ready to go. It's the newer teachers that really do get pretty nervous. Right, right. Um, but basically, you know, students they're not alone in the nervousness. Everybody ha- kind of has that anxiety. You know what? Students are not alone. Teachers are not alone. We got parents that get nervous. I mean, we got parents that are taking their kids to kindergarten for the first time. Right? That's true. They got some separation anxiety going preschool, on. Preschool, right? Jeremy preschool? and Diego. They yeah. just Diego just went to preschool. Yep. I'm sure I'm sure Jeremy had more separation anxiety than Diego did. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Diego was like, Peace, Dad, I'm off. And, De- and Jeremy was like, Oh, son, you're growing up. <laughs> I mean, moms have that, you know, they definitely have that 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 separation anxiety, that fear that, you know, is my kid gonna be okay? Is he gonna get mm-hmm. picked on? Is he gonna adapt well right kids kids are resilient man they bounce kids they, are resilient but they're also cruel they so can like be. you know they if you're be. if your kid happens to be the one that's getting picked on like that could be really traumatizing and really you know miserable for them and for you as a parent uh but then you know they're also very resilient and you know if maybe they're not the one being picked on but there's things going on that they're not used to you know there's all kinds of new stuff going on in school that, that, you're is not, true. that they're not used to that is and true. They, they can bounce back. I mean, parents, I guess, you know, in those younger years have more anxiety than when they get to the high school age where we're at, you know, because I think parents uh, in the high school age are like, finally, your summer's over. Get back to school. <laughs> <laughs> get out of my house. Get out of my house. <laughs> don't mess this year up, you know, and, yeah. but then don't get five F's and a B. Oops. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's time to kick it back into gear. But then you have, you know, the the parents at the at the upper end, the ones, you know, the parents of my seniors, for example, mm-hmm. like they're starting to come to grips with the reality that their kid's about to graduate. Right. They're like done with high school. Like your parenting job is pretty much over well, when it comes to the hand holding. Right. You right, know, right. You're, you're at the end of the hand holding era. You're you, about to go into real adulthood. Right. You never really stop being a parent. I mean, let's be honest. Moms, yeah. <laughs> mom and dad are still, you know, of course, of course, still see us as you know, little ones, I guess, kind of. But but by the same token, you know, this the reality that your kids turning 17, 18 years old, graduating high school they're about to leave the nest and that's that's a different kind of anxiety that i'm they're sure about parents, to enter the real world yeah you know it, it's it's almost the same as the day they went to kindergarten you know they had to let go right when they when they dropped their kid off at kindergarten and they had to, that separation anxiety and i think the same thing holds true for parents of seniors like when they graduate it's like okay fly yeah <laughs> please fly please fly <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> So you know, in 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 honor of that, I mean, I I wanted to do a little intro about the the class that I have. It's called uh, Financial Algebra, and it is for seniors, and um, it's a course where basically what we're trying to do is prepare um, seniors for what's going to be out there in the real world. So um, what I you know one of the first things I tell my my seniors about, I'm like, look, this course is going to be um, pretty much the financial basics that you need to be successful in the world right right and the very first chapter we start off with is employment and i go over the job the just over broke and right how you know most people live paycheck to paycheck and then um you know how your boss is not is not there to make you rich you know i'm, I'm trying to tell them that you know getting the job is not it's the beginning it's not the end right right a lot of the stuff that we talked about back in episode seven when we're talking about looking for employment. Right, right, exactly. And so and so what what happens is um, 
I take that and then I say, look, if you really do want to be rich, you need to start a business. Right. I don't care what it is, whether you're going to do real estate, whether you're going to sell chips, whether you're going to fix cars, something that you like to do on the side that generates revenue and the money that it generates needs to work for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So we spend the first week at school Our going golden over golden soldiers. Yes. your golden soldiers. We spent the first week of school going over mindset. And I use the Michael Gerber example for this because um, I have them get to know each other in class. Obviously they go mm-hmm. over, you know, things they have in common. Um, one of the questions that I have them a- ask each other is find things that you guys would like to do um, on your free time that could potentially be a business. And so they walk around and they get to meet each other and they find out things that they would do on their own free time and then kind of decide, okay, well that actually could turn into something, you know, what are some of the good ideas that you heard in your class? Some good ideas that kids might like to do on their free time that could become a business. Oh man. Um, some of them like to draw, mm-hmm. right? Some of them like to do Photoshop. Okay. Um, there's a lot of video editing stuff that kids like to do these days. They like to be on YouTube and, you know, get YouTube famous and all that. Yep. Um, I definitely still got BMXers. Um, I got skaters in there. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, and all these things are, so when they're talking about turning that into a business, they're talking about like getting sponsored and becoming a brand. Well, they don't quite know that yet. They just know these are things that they like to do. So part of the course, you know, part of the coursework is the bookwork, but part of the coursework is trying to develop these ideas into something that they can monetize. Okay. Right. And so that's kind of the, the mentality behind it. And so we go over, over different mindsets too. So what do you think an entrepreneur is? What do you think a manager is? What do you think a technician is? These are things from Michael Gerber's e-myth book, right? Do you assign that book as no. reading? No, I don't assign it. Can as reading. you? Uh, I probably can. But um, instead, I just break it down kind of myself in class mm-hmm. and uh, we go over the different parts. So, like, for example, one of the once we go through, you know, getting their ideas of what these words mean, then we kind of get build characteristics of these type of people. Right? right. And then the next thing we do is I get I introduce them to a, a very close friend of mine named Mario Brothers or Mario Mario. Mario know? Mario. Mario Mario. One of the Mario Brothers. And I say, okay, look, Mario is a is an awesome plumber, right? He's amazing. He can unclog any drain, fix any pipe. Right, right. right? And one day he gets best, fed up. Best plumber in the kingdom, right? Best plumber in the kingdom. One day he gets fed up and he decides he wants to go off and build his own business, right? Does okay. he have the necessary mindset to make a successful business? Well, he's the best plumber in the world, right? So, so he's definitely a technician, so this Definitely much we can technician. establish, right? But he what knows else? his trade, right? So then they start, man. They, <clears throat> then they start thinking about, okay, well, what does an entrepreneur actually do? What does a manager actually do when the phone rings? Who answers it? Who schedules? Who makes sure the supplies are in? Who goes out and finds new customers? You know, all these different things that happen in a business because just, you know, understanding that you're the best plumber in the world doesn't automatically make you a successful business overall. Right. You know, you still, you know, chief, what is it? Chief, chief dishwasher and oh, cook, yeah. dishwasher, bottle cleaner, whatever it was. I remember the three things that they chief cook and bottle or dishwasher or something. The person who has to do it all. If you're the person who has to do it all, you're going to burn out. 
And right. And I mean, stats say nine out of the 10 businesses fail in the first year. You're talking about the actual example in the E-Myth. In the E-Myth. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so it, he says nine, nine out of 10 businesses are going to fail in the first year. And of those that make it, nine out of 10 of those will fail within the first five. Right. And the number one reason is they get burnt out. They're done. They're over it. I'm tired of answering the phones <clears throat> and dealing with the customers and trying to do my work. Because what a technician often does is become a self-employed person, right? So they are they own their job. They have to go out and find new customers. They have to be the one answering the phones, and they have to be the one going out to fix whatever plumbing issues are happening. Exactly, exactly. Whereas a business has different people doing these different jobs so that the technician can go out and do his trade, do his craft well. Right. The manager makes sure that all of the inventory is done, all of the calls are being answered, etc. and so on. And the entrepreneur is the one who's the visionary out there getting all the new customers, making sure that all the marketing is happening, making sure that the business is generating income. Right. And so we're trying to take these these concepts and bring them into the classroom, try to make them applicable so that these kids are building something that can essentially turn into a profitable business. In, in other words, I'm going to help them lay down the foundation, the execution they can take on their own. So that's going to be their first semester project. That's their first semester project. So semester one, they're going to build a business, right? And, and you know, it basically what the course ends up, you know, second semester, what they do is they build a, a financial plan. So once they've developed, you know, now we've now they know how to get a job. They've built a business for some side money. Now we got to build a personal finance plan to help them get through the whole thing. And it's basically it's, it's like, you know, the example I give is like playing Monopoly. The first time you ever play Monopoly, you are horrible at it. Why? Because you don't really know the rules. Right. You know, you're just kind of rolling the dice, going around the board. You don't really understand the concept. But once you learn the rules, you have an opportunity to win. Now you're targeting specific cards that you're trying to get to. Now mm -hmm. you want to build, you know, you want to get all the cards so you can start building on that particular property. You understand the concept so you have a chance to win. And that's basically what I'm trying to do in financial algebra is give them the tools. You know, they might not want to build a business eventually. Or maybe they want to build a business and they never want to actually have a job. You mm -hmm. know, it, one of those two things are going to happen. Or maybe they're going to do both. But they have the they know the rules, so they have an opportunity to win. Right. You know, I mean, and that and that um, that brings us to our next subject over here. the The first day of school, we had a we always have a like a big hoorah pep rally for all the teachers, right? And um, and they always have a keynote. Oh, you're talking speaker. about before the before students before students before okay. students. Uh, and they always have this keynote speaker. And this guy, I forgot his name. I wish I remembered his name. But anyways, he, he came and gave a speech on the difference between equity and equality. Right? And, okay. And so he was talking about, you know, there's there's a huge difference between equity and a huge difference between equality. Equity, equity I mean, sorry, equality is a pretty simple concept, right? Everyone has the same salary. Everyone maybe has the same size house. You know, everybody gets the same food to eat. You know, everything is equal. So it's like communism. It's kind of like communism, or right? Or socialism, maybe. Right? So Everybody's in this class. They all get the textbook. They all have the opportunity to succeed. Everything is equal. 
but in reality it's not like that right, right. i mean some some kids are born wealthier some kids are not mm-hmm. some kids speak english some kids do not right right some kids need modifications in their life just to like get to school i mean mm-hmm. you know they're walking a mile and a half or taking the bus or whatever and so the fact that they're late maybe because they're dropping off a, a sibling at at their school before they get to work to their you know to our class you know there's different things that go on in their lives that you know they're they're to us because they're showing up to class late we think oh that guy's well, he's not even messing around he's just being late all the time again mm-hmm. a perspective thing right but you don't know how responsible he's actually being right right and and that's the and difference. it goes it goes to uh what we talked about in one of our other episodes where you don't want to judge somebody when you don't know their full situation you don't know their full situation and that's where the equity comes in it's like you need to get to know these kids and see what challenges they have so that you're providing yeah it's not fair you're providing that one a little more support you're understanding that they can come in late or they can you know leave early Mm -hmm. or you're you're setting them up where you're giving them a different opportunity like uh i'm doing the youtube uh, videos for my lessons, right? They might not be able to pay attention in class or, or have the opportunity to get to class on time, but they can access the information, you know, on their, on their time. Right. And those are things that are, that are there to help them, uh, get that opportunity to succeed, to get the opportunity to have that education so that they, they have the opportunity to have those skills. And it's not about being equal. It's about being equitable. And okay. that's kind of the difference that that he was talking about. You're which kind of is, making concessions to help out those who maybe need a leg up. Yeah, because they need they need help to to reach or to access the content that we're looking for that we're trying to get to them. So you know, I mean, I might have a kid in the class who has a brilliant idea, and he has mom and dad to fund his idea, and he can kick it off and get going no problem. Right. But what about the other kid who might have a great idea and have a great business plan and have a great um, potential, but lacks the funding? Like, how do we bring these things together to make it one, you know, to make give them the opportunity? And so uh, in this class, we do a lot of simulations. We're going to do a stock market game and it's a simulation of the stock market. I think they each get like 100 grand and they go and invest and they see who can make the most money in the stock market. How long do they get? I I think it's uh ten weeks. Okay, cool. So, decent um, enough. and then the other one we do is the H and R Block uh, Budget Challenge, and this is where they learn to pay bills on time and learn. I think to, you told me about that one last year. Yeah, That's that cool. one's cool. Um, and they get to balance their checkbook using a spreadsheet, which is kind of cool. You Excel. Know, so they, Excel. Nice. And so they, you know, they're they get to do these things in a simulation. I kind of want to take that class. Right. And and <laughs> it's cool. And then uh, if I can get the funding for it, because, you know, public school funding is kind of funky, then I'm going to send them again this year to the finance park where they go and they they simulate real life scenarios with real life uh, sponsors. Like um, <clears throat> some of them did it when they were in, uh, I think it was like sixth or seventh grade. And they have sponsors like Cox Cable and Jack in the Box. And like there's this whole business town of all these places couple different banks and stuff it's I pretty cool i think i saw that in a show somewhere yeah it's called it's called biz town and so that one's the younger kid version and then the older kid version for the seniors is is called the finance park and so it's a little less uh interactive you know they're not running around like they do like the little kids do but it's still very informative my kids loved it last year so hopefully i get to take them again this year super cool 
So, I mean, that's that's what this class is about, trying to prepare them, you know, when they go back to school. I mean, this is the this is the class in their school career that's preparing them for after school, you know. It's, it's preparing them for Which that Which is something path. that a lot of people... I mean, when I tell people about this class that you're teaching, always get the same comment. It was the same comment that I gave you when you first told me about it. Man, I wish they had that when I was in school. Yeah. The only, the only issue I, I tell parents when they say it, because parents say it all the time too, is your kid is still a senior in high school. And if you remember what it was like to be a senior in high school, they're not worried about that. They want to know about homecoming. They want to know about prom. They want to know about yearbook. They want to know about, you know, grad night. There's all these other things that are priorities in their life. Because it's their senior year. And I mean, they can only see that far ahead and they're really not thinking about what comes after. Right. But if I can drill these concepts into their head, at least they've been exposed. And then, and, and since this stuff is online, they always have a way to come back to see it. Right. I remember learning about that. Let me pull it up, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm helping, I'm building these relationships with these kids because after they graduate, I have a lot of them that still contact me and ask for questions, help, guidance, suggestions. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's an ongoing relationship and it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see them grow up and and have ideas and put things together and build their their small little empires until they become large empires. Hopefully, (laughs) one of these (laughs) days I spark the mind of the next, you know, multi-million dollar idea. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyways, um, that... So, they get done with their class. They get some financial intelligence. A little bit of uh, financial IQ there. Yep. They start to graduate (laughs) high school and they have to... They have to they have to decide what they're gonna do, so I mean some some of the seniors in that class they're just gonna get their diploma or you know, or maybe a GED and that's as far as their education is gonna go, you know as, as far as their formal education anyways. Right. Hopefully, we've built it in them to continue their education on whatever it is that they they want to pursue, but some of them are gonna end right there. Yeah, for formal education, but I mean that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the end of their career you know they do have still different opportunities uh federal work you know government work especially uh that's always a good one uh military that's definitely a a worthwhile career path yeah and i have a, I have a lot of students that definitely go that route um they do join military they um, and, and it's cool because they'll, they'll do, they'll do their time, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, they'll <laughs> put in their me. time. Right. And then, um, use the GI bill to expand their, their knowledge base, right. To right. continue their education. And, and I think it's actually a really good career path because they don't really know what they want to do right now. They haven't really experienced life and mm-hmm. what it is that the world has to offer them. You know, to dump them in a in you know in, in something and say this is your career path. I mean, there I know way too many people who have a college degree and are in a field that's not related to the degree that they got. Right. You know? So at least going going that military path kind of opens your eyes to a bunch of different things, and you can kind of get an idea of what it is you want to focus on when you for get sure. out. For sure. I mean, that's how it was for me too. You know, I did eight years, and you know, when when I graduated high school, there was no way. I was going to go to college. That would have been a waste of money. Yeah. You know, and I took four years um, 
building businesses with you and, and investing in real estate and doing all these different things. Got my heart broke, joined the military. And then, you know, it was in the military that I really finally developed the discipline that I would have needed to be able to continue my education. Yeah. And so I was... Because it does take three? discipline. Yeah, it does take discipline. You have to show up to class. You have to yeah. do the work. No one's going to tell you to do it, not to do it. Right. You're definitely doing this on your own at that point. Definitely. Mom and dad are not holding your hand anymore. And that's no. what we talked about earlier. Mom and dad are not holding your hand anymore. The teacher doesn't care if you show up on time or if you're tardy. If you're tardy, nope. you probably just lock the door and you're done. That's it. That's I mean, it. There's, no, there's no you know, babysitting. Can I use the restroom, please? None of that exists after that. You got to be dedicated to do what it is that you want to do. And it takes that, that buy-in, that commitment from you to, to do it. And that's and I, I agree. I think that's one of the things that that the Navy definitely helped you on was to figure out what it is you wanted to do, and then you know this is what you got to do, and Roger that. Lay down the law and do it. And lay I mean, down the lay law down the law on yourself. Really, yeah. just it's, yeah. it's that discipline, it's that self discipline. So and and you know at at that point you know you can decide. It maybe maybe it's not military, right? Maybe you're gonna go straight for a certification, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, you can get certified in different areas of computer programming you can get certified as like a welder you can go into the medical field there's a lot of different certifications that you can get and and get earn a good living Mm -hmm. a decent living you know and and sometimes those are the pathways that the kids end up going also i mean they they'll mess around a little bit in job to job to to job until they realize what it is they want to do go to school get that cert and get into that field right kids that love to work with their hands you know they may not know it right away and then next thing you know they wind up working as mechanics you know but they enjoy that we're always going to need mechanics yeah especially if people that really enjoy it and a lot of them really do like that's that that's a hobby that they turn into a job so going back to some of your kids that the things that they love to do that could be a business you know, some kids really do love working with their hands and they have that kind of mechanical mind. Yeah. So, yeah. and you know, there's, there's something to be said about those types of jobs and, and, and working as an employee in those jobs, because it, when you start a business, it's funny because once you start it, it never turns off. It, it really, <laughs> it really doesn't. I mean, you, you, you know, when you have a job, you clock in, you do the work, you clock out and you're done. You don't really think about work anymore. It goes away. You, you shut it off, but when you when you start a business, it doesn't really work that way. You might not be working at the office, but your mind doesn't really stop working, especially if you're a one-man show. You're doing the entrepreneurial things, you're doing the managerial things, and you're doing the technician things. So your mind is constantly racing. It's, right. it's never ending. You know, it's, it's always thinking about how to make it better, how yep. to find that customer, or solving that customer's problem, or that other customer that was angry. Whatever it is that's going on, it doesn't turn off. It's still there. Yeah. So some people realize that, you know what, that's not for me. I like to clock out. <laughs> and so, you know, getting those certifications and finding those jobs, uh, it just makes sense for them. You know, there's there's a peace of mind that comes with having uh, an employment that you can take off from and be done with for that day. Right. And, you know, you put in enough time with those, uh, with those employers and... Well, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit later on when we're talking about retirement. But, you know, it's either pensions or IRAs or 401ks or whatever. If that's all it takes, then that's all it takes. Well, let's take it there. So, I mean, ultimately, we're all after the same thing here, right? So 
why are we going to school? We're going to school essentially to better ourselves so that we can enter the workforce um, at at a higher level than the bottom, essentially, right. right? And if we do do the diploma, the GED, we are entering at the bottom of the of the barrel, right? But we can use those things to get in, gain experience and get better, move up the corporate ladder, as they say, right? Right. Or we can take a little bit of a head start, get a certification, and now we're entering a different realm. We can earn commissions, maybe in sales, make a lot more money, or enter a position that is certifi- certified and have and it's no longer entry level. Right. Or It's can, not entry level pay. It's not entry level pay, exactly. You might still be entry level as far as the position, right. but it's not entry level pay. Or you can go degree-wise and become a professional at something and... And, you know, again, you're just taking a step up the ladder, right? Correct. But ultimately, we're still after the same thing, right? We're ultimately still exchanging our time for money, and we're trying to build an investment portfolio that that spits out enough money to cover our expenses, right? We're trying to get out of the rat race. Because when we're 65, we want to retire. Or right? younger. Well, for us, it's younger, but for general people, the general population, they look at 65 as, as the retirement age. And we got a lot of baby baby boomers uh, entering that age realm right now. Yeah, what did you say? 12,000 a day for the next five years? 12,000 a day. 12,000 baby, baby boomers per day will be entering retirement for the next five years. That's, That's a large amount of the population. It's huge. I think the statistic that I heard on the uh, Rebel, Bro- Rebel Brokers podcast, I think he said something like 80 million baby boomers. So that's you a lot. serious? A lot. You that's know? like, what, a quarter of our population? It's a good chunk, man. It's, wow. It's a lot of, a lot of people that are going to be entering retirement. And now is the time where you start thinking about where Social Security is going to be, all kinds of different things. What, right? do, they, what do they talk about? The, uh, the biggest transfer of wealth? Biggest transfer of wealth because these guys are going to be, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, we'll talk about that on another podcast. It's going to be a huge change, (laughs) but but they're entering the phase in the in their life that a lot of my students are barely beginning. They're hitting the accumulation phase of their life. They're going to be the earners at the very beginning. Right. So I'm trying to give them different strategies so that they can reach retirement in a comfortable level. Right. I mean, some of those baby boomers we're talking about, some of the stats I heard were like only 25% of them have enough money to be in retirement. You the know? rest of them are going to keep working. The rest of them are going to have some sort of side hustle that they have to do, some sort of other job because they can't afford to fully retire. And and that's kind of what I want my students to understand is is time creeps up on you. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to really work at it to to get yourself in a position where you can retirement. What does retirement look like to you? So, you know, we, I'm pushing, I'm really, really pushing them to build a business and invest in real estate because that's really what I like to do. But I mean, there are other ways that they can enter, you know, they can put money away for retirement. We talked about uh, in the last podcast, a little bit of uh, life insurance and annuities. Right. Right. I mean, annuities are, are money that you put in. It's kind of like a, like a mountain money you're putting in, putting in, putting in until you hit a certain age and then you execute the annuity and it starts paying you out. And the more money you have in there, the higher the income that's going to come out at the end of the, of the term. Yep. You know, some of these life insurance policies, especially um, uh, index universal life policies or even whole life policies, people put money in these things and fund them and then withdraw on them as loans uh, later down the road so that they have 
in uh, tax-free income coming in. Yeah, you know? right. So there's a lot of different strategies when it comes to insurance and annuities. You just made me think of another uh, investment strategy that we don't actually have on our list, uh, which is to purchase your house right mm-hmm. on a 30-year fixed mortgage and actually pay the whole thing off. And then when you get into retirement age, you start trigger reverse mortgage. Trigger reverse reverse mortgage exactly. So it could be something similar to that. I'm not necessarily suggesting that strategy, right? But that's a strategy. It's a strategy. I mean, because you know you'll get the you'll get the critics saying, "Why would you do that? You're not going to be able to pass wealth on to your, you know, future generations." I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can yeah, take sure, things. Yeah, sure, but I'm here. dead. What do I care? Exactly. <laughs> Some people are like that. You know? No, they, I know, I know. So, so, um, so I mean, okay. So we had build businesses, invest in real estate. We talked a little bit about life insurance and annuities. Uh, another investment strategy is pretty common. You look at uh, 401ks and IRAs. So, you mm-hmm. you know, you're working at a job, you can, um, if they don't have like a defined contribution plan or, you know, they'll probably have a defined benefit plan, which is something right. like a 401k or an IRA, you're, you're putting the money in consistently. Mm-hmm. You're putting in money, it's going into the stock market, mutual funds, bonds, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right. et cetera. And it's building money over time. And then you're hoping that by the time you hit your retirement age... You can pull out 4% a year and it covers your expenses. Right. So these are all accumulation phases. And then a, a great thing, one great thing about something like a 401k is that a lot of times your company will actually match whatever you put into the 401k. So if they will match up to 5% and you put in 5%, you're basically getting 10. Yeah, yeah. And it's growing, um, you know, it's growing in the market and, and it's free money in that case. So I, I'm seeing less and less companies matching 401ks, by the way. Oh, really? But um, but some of them still exist, right? Some of them will maybe do stock options and stuff like that. Okay. But um, but they're still around, a few here and there. Uh, 403bs, uh, which is uh, basically like a 401k for teachers. Because oh, they okay. don't actually get, uh, at least teachers in our school district don't get Social Security because they don't pay into it. So... Um, it's part of the pension plan that's built in for teachers, but the pension plan that, that a teacher has might not cover your retirement sufficiently. So you need another plan, which is the 403B that your, your gap, um, you're basically filling the gap there with money that you're putting away on top of money pulled out of your pension. And then, uh, one of the, uh, last investment strategies that we cover here, having a large family. Right. right. You can have yourself some six or seven kids and, you know, hopefully when you get older, one of them's going to be successful enough to take care of you. Yeah. I mean, that that I can't say that's the best strategy, but it is a strategy. Again, you know, just like with the reverse mortgage, you know, or anything like that. We're not necessarily advocating for any particular strategy. You really got to pick the one that works for you. Not everybody out there is going to be able to build businesses and invest in real estate. Not everybody has that mindset. So that's not going to work for you. Don't do it. If that's not going to work for you, don't do it. But it brings us back to the original topic of our of our podcast today, which is going back to school. Right. So all these things are different types of ways to achieve the retirement that we're looking for. And it comes down to education. You got to go back to school. Right. right. Whether you whether you know whether we were talking about going back to school, like literally going back to school. But but in this case, it's, you know, once you've 
accumulated money once you've been in the in the workplace for a while maybe once you're starting you need to go back to your basics and set together a plan you need to go back to school and educate yourself a little bit so that you can have a, a plan with a goal that's attainable for you and your future start with Shut your exit strategy in mind always start with the end in mind right and that pretty much brings us to the end of our show today so as always, make sure to join the conversation and follow us on Facebook at See Us First or go to our website www.seeusfirst.com or you can follow us on Twitter. Trades on the road. And peace. Bye-bye. And I'm in.